Hello there, everybody. This is Brandy J, a voice to be reckoned with remix. Today, we're taking it back, way back to 2019. It's 2019 when this episode here was first recorded with Mr. Steve Joyner. So, go ahead and parlay relax tune in one of my favorite favorite episodes because for the most part at this time I was his first interview Steve didn't do very many and uh, I truly felt very special when I found this out so Please, give a kind ear to the man himself, Mr. Steve Joyner, and let's get to know Steve Joyner. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to relax. Don't go too far because we have a special guest, publicist Steve Joyner, okay? Steve Joyner. You don't want to miss this. A voice to be reckoned with, with your host, Brandy Joy. Let's go. Guys, I'm pretty nervous, but stoked to be here today. <sighs> Steve doesn't really do very many interviews, so oh, I think I'm up for the task. I'm nervous because, you know, it's Steve Joyner. But, you know, it should be okay, right? Let's see how it goes. Today, we're here with Steve Joyner. Hello, Steve. Hi, Brandy. How you doing? I'm well, and yourself? So, would you like me to address you by Mr. Joyner or Steve? No, or? no. You call me <laughs> Steve. That's what my, my, my enemies and my father was Mr. Joyner. No, my friends call me Steve. <laughs> happy, happy, happy Halloween, by the way. Yes, happy Halloween to you, too. I almost forgot it was Halloween. <laughs> me, too. It doesn't feel like it used to, it used to be like the holidays aren't yeah, the same. I thought I'd find out some things that Steve was interested in, his favorite things to do. <laughs> All right, well, I'm so stoked to have you here. And um, Steve, I just wanted to uh, ask you real briefly, could you kind of let um, let my uh, listeners kind of know um, just a little bit about you? Absolutely. Um, well, I was raised in Southern California, San Diego to be precise. Uh, I'm older than 40 and younger than 50. I, I have <laughs> had a very, I've had a very, I'm a publicist. 
And okay. uh, I, I've had a very interesting life where I have met a lot of great people who have done some really iconic things. And uh, I didn't want to become a publicist originally. It just kind of fell into my world. And um, I, I got involved with radios and podcast stuff about, oh, about five years ago, roughly. And how that happened was I had 5,000 friends on Facebook. I don't even know that many people. Hmm. And a guy in Boston reached out to me who had a show, and uh, he'd seen a picture of me with a very dear friend of mine named Carl Gottlieb and Joe Alves. Now, Carl Gottlieb was a screenwriter, and he wrote the, the, movie, the movie Jaws, and amongst other great things. And Joe Alves was a production designer on Jaws. He's the guy that built the shark. So this guy wanted to interview them, and I said, well, I can't give you their number. And I, I didn't really listen to podcasts back then, Brandy. I didn't. So I really didn't know what was going on. And I set it up, and from that one meeting, I have now worked with, oh, geez, I, I lost count of the shows, and I, I had my own show for a couple months, and I gave that up. And uh, now I book about anywhere from 40 to 50 interviews a week, and uh, I have some clients that I put on random shows, and I get to, re I get to meet great show hosts like yourself. Wow. And do some work together, and, and, you know, everything seems to work out okay. Wow. Oh, well, thank you for sharing sharing that with us. Um. I had seen a familiar face on Steve's page from, like, when I was a kid, and it said, Eddie, and I was like, Eddie, 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 ugh, you know, and, uh, yeah, to find out, Eddie Deason. Remember him, and he still has the same face <laughs> and the voice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, Eddie. I, I, it's funny because I actually I manage him, and what that entails is I'm not an agent or a manager, but it's, it's funny. I've been friends with him for quite a while, and he's very much. Can you hear me okay? Yes, perfectly. Okay. He's very much what you see on the screen. Mm -hmm. Never driven a car. Wow. He actually, he actually talks that way. That's not an act. <laughs> and he, he, he played the first uh, computer nerd in a movie called War Games. Yet oh, the, man oh. carry, the man carries a flip phone from the 90s. Oh. And he will, be, he will tell you, like he, right now, he actually called me an hour ago. He's doing this thing called Cameo and like Snoop Dogg and Charlie Sheen and other folks are on it. And it's like where they wish you happy birthday. And he's having a panic attack because he's using this new iPhone. It's like brand new to him. And it's been out a couple of years, so he's, I don't have to walk him through it. But no, Eddie's, a cool, Eddie's all right. So when it, my manager details for him are basically, he doesn't really act that much anymore. Mm -hmm. He's semi-retired. He's like 63, 62. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And, he looks good. And, and, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he doesn't age. But I, uh, I, I sometimes I send some of the older talent to autograph shows, and he, he does those a lot where he, you know, sells autographs, takes pictures with people. And then this November, next month, tomorrow, He's going to be doing this Polar Express tour where he's, it's like a train trip from L.A. to Florida. And they stop and he meets and greets and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I've seen but, a little yeah. bit of that. Okay. But he's cool. He's just, he's just uh, one of these people, like I said, I've met in my life. And, you know, <laughs> it happens. All, all, all I actually see him Saturday. Well, pretty cool. Take, take, him, take him to Verizon to have a Verizon person explain it to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, uh, you know, that he, you know what I mean, people would automatically think like, you know, 
being who he is that he would know these type of things, but he's just a regular average person. You know what I mean? Average. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit. He, he tries to pace. It is well. You're a mom. You got, you got a son. It's like having a child. I mean, I'm serious. He, he, he will he will drive me down sometimes. So, <laughs> but hey, he's cool. Well, hello, Eddie. <laughs> going pretty good it's going pretty good guys wow thought I'd ask Steve some more things about himself how he grew up where he's from what school he went to things like that I'm from a town called Chula Vista California okay Chula Vista we just speak about Chula Vista California yeah because I, I used to be out yeah. I used to shop out there a lot <laughs> North Tijuana, if you want to call it. Go south. That's where I'm from now, South Bay, San Diego. I, uh, my parents, I went there when my parents got divorced when I was a teenager, and I subsequently lived there for a few months, and I went to school there. But the high school I graduated from was pretty early, so I thought it just went better to use the high school. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I went to Rio de Janeiro, there those folks with me. But it just, yeah, I just, that's it. That's, that's my Malibu High School story. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so funny. Well, I went to uh, Patrick Henry. I don't know if you heard. I do. Go Big I Green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Steve shares some things that he's never told anyone before. about me that nobody does. Okay. Um, I used to break dance. <gasps> I, what? Uh, I did. I was uh, as good as a white person. Did, <laughs> you know? um, I would go to the movies a lot. I just We just had fun in those days. It was the 80s. Okay. And um, I went to school. I mean, it was a different world back then. You know, it was a lot safer, a lot nicer. Yeah. Not nicer, but it was safer, whatever. But I'd go swimming a lot. I, I just would do normal little kid stuff there even though I had a really bad home life. My parents split up. My dad was very abusive to my mom. And we ended up, my father and my mom split up. My dad was really physically and mentally abusive to my, to my mom. Mm -hmm. And they're both dead now. But uh, they both passed on. My dad died of cancer. My mom died of heart disease a few years ago. And I was very close to my mom. That's why, you know, you're a single mom. And, uh, you know, I just have a really big respect for single mothers. Thank so uh, it's, it's, it's like saintlyhood to me. Uh, but my dad, you know, he, he lost our house, the IRS, because he didn't pay taxes. So I was actually homeless for two weeks when I was a little kid oh, with my mom. Wow. And my dad was a kind of a, you know, he's like I said, he, you know, God rest his soul. He's a real, real tough guy. And uh, so I, I lived there, and, and uh, my mom taught me never to put emphasis on material stuff because it could be gone in a minute. So I never did. And, but what's, in, what's interesting is there are no pictures of me as, of a child anywhere out there that I know of. I don't know anything went up after the age of like 14 wow. I don't have any so I you know but uh, no I went to school I lived a normal life I, I, I dealt with bullying I was bullied and then um, one day I, I was in junior high it was 7th grade and I was bullied by this one kid and he was a lot bigger than me and I just got tired of it 
I took off on him and I won a fight against mm. this guy that I didn't think I could fight in a million. I'm not advocating fighting. I'm just saying I took off on him. <laughs> and after that, no one bothered me because I took out this one loudmouth kid. People figured, well, he must be pretty. I, it was lucky, is what I was. But it's still the bullying crisis now is way worse than it was when I was Way, a kid. way worse. Yes, but definitely. But the good thing is they have social media and they have advocates now because back when I was in school, if you got bullied or whatever, you just didn't tell anybody. You just dealt with it. Yeah. And but but now it's better. So now people are sticking up for people. But no, I. Uh, well, oh, I, I played tenor saxophone for many years. Oh my! Uh, not not no one really knows about me. I was a sax player. I couldn't play guitar. I couldn't do anything else. I got a saxophone and I learned how to play saxophone. Wow! And I was listening to people like Miles Davis and stuff when I was a kid. Bird. I mean, I was I was into jazz and stuff. So I was a very weird kid. Wow. You know, you, 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 um, as you were speaking about your childhood and things that you were interested in, it struck a chord with me, um, you know, especially with the, you know, we spoke about the bullying and the, you know, I'm me, my, I, myself, I'm an advocate for bullying and, um, it is a whole lot worse. And I guess back then you didn't have close to, you tell you just kind of just didn't talk about it. You didn't have anyone advocating or realizing the effects that it would take. You know, I'm pretty sure people, some people probably bullied then. You know, emulates in their life now. Um, my my child, he uh, you know, kind of has a similar story of yours, where he got n- enough was enough, you know, and, and took that power empowerment. You know, and said, no, you're not. You know, what I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and let you keep doing this. You know, so yeah, we live in a, we live in a climate now in the world. I'm not gonna get political, but we live in a climate now. In the last few four years, where things are a lot worse than they should be because of certain powers of people. Yeah. Anyway, but. Um, the thing is, is that and now we have advocates or people that, you know, I mean, like I said, when I was a kid, you got in a fight, you got, you know, you got beat up or whatever, you just, that's just the way it was. And uh, now, I mean, I remember, like, parents and teachers, they didn't even, I mean, teachers didn't even care. I don't know about parents, I think they just turned a blind eye to it. Mm-hmm. But I said, I, I had a really great mom, and I would talk to my mom, and, uh, and I just, you know, I, I I got through. I wouldn't want to be young again, though. Like high school, I wouldn't want to do it all over again. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to at all. Cause, but um, yeah, so I did that, and then uh, I I lived in Arizona for a couple of years, and then when I was 19 years old, I moved to Birmingham, Alabama, and I lived in Alabama for two years. That sucked real bad. <laughs> I had I had a an uncle back there and a couple cousins, and for me it was like moving to 1950 or something. It was just everything was different. Um, I'm sorry for your listeners from the south. You know I'm sure it's nice, <laughs> whatever, but I I wasn't with it. I remember when I first moved there, I um, went into a liquor store and they're like, "Oh, you can't buy beer on Sunday." I thought they were just messing with me, but they really. It was just different. I, I, I didn't fit in. I, I, and I was working for, I, I tried to be a plumber. I worked as a plumber for three years. So I was going through a plumbing union. That's why I went back there. I got in the union. And I just remember I didn't fit in. And then my father calls me up. And he told me that he had lung cancer and he wanted me to come back to California and take care of him. Now, my dad had married a woman who I honestly hope is not around anymore. I hate to say it, but no, I don't. I hate guns. But my dad, when my okay, when my parents split up, 
My dad ran around a lot, and I was, first time I was eight years old when they split up. And I had to go up to San Luis Obispo, which is uh, central, north central California. And my dad was working at a nuclear power plant called Diablo Canyon. He, he worked at San Onofre too for many years. And I was staying with my dad, and he would work during the nights and you know, all day off and on. And he, he was co-owner of this mobile home Hot Springs, called Apple Hot Springs. It's changed since then. And he had this woman that he was dating, and it was awkward to be around a strange lady. And uh, I, I, long story short, she she abused me in a way. And um, I came back to San Diego. And I told my mom, and, and we had to go to court and everything. Oh. And she uh, wouldn't take a lie detector test and she was charged with sexual molestation of a minor, but she never went to jail. Oh, wow. So her only legal recourse was, you know, she couldn't work with children or, or adults. It's a very long story, but yeah, she abused me. Now, um, that messed me up for a few years, for a long time. And I didn't even, you know, I, you know, I, I, I kept my virginity until I was like 18 years old. Oh. I was all, I mean, it messed me up real bad, but you know, that's what happened. Well, my father ended up marrying this woman. Oh, no. He, he took her side against mine. He thought I made the whole story up. And he married this woman after my parents' divorce. Oh, wow. So when he got sick and he said he had cancer and he, and he was divorcing her and he wanted me to come out back to Cali and take care of her, I was like, I'm not doing it. And um, my mother said, yeah, I want you to go take care of him. And I said, why, Mom? I said, you know, he beat you. He he married that devil. I mean, you know, really, you know, like, what's up? She said, I forgave him. And um, anyway, I, I came out, took care of him, and and he died. Oh, wow. And I, and I used to take my dad over. You know where La Mesa is, right? Yeah. Okay, so I took my dad over to Alvarado, and he would get cancer treatments, uh, radiation, and all that stuff. And um, we'd have these like long talks when I drive him over there. And I asked him, you know, he, he would talk about the, you know, that that woman he was divorcing. And uh, you know, he he just he just bitch, he would just complain and bitch about everything. And then one day he asked me out of the blue, he says, uh, "Did she really do that to you?" You know, I said, "Yeah, Dad." I said, he said, okay, I didn't know. I said, man, you know, you knew this a long time ago. And you just decided to turn a blind eye. Mm. And uh, anyway, so he and I had closure, and that was it. He died in 1999. Wow, that's really, really deep. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, but you just said that you did get the closure, so you're, you were at peace, you know, with your father. Yeah, he could have had a better life, you know. But you know, he he was he was he was a, he was the son of, a, of an immigrant. My my dad was, uh, and my father just he was just a the old school guy, you know. So, but um, yeah, I was with him right at the end. It was weird. Was the night he died, I was with him at Alvarado Hospital, and his his oxygen was like seventeen. I mean, the dude was he was checking out. He was all morphined up. He couldn't talk nothing. I mean, that cancer ate him up. And my father just stared at me, Randy. I just looked at him and stared at him and stared at him, and, and that was the last time I saw him. And I left. I left the hospital. 
Oh, wow. He died. He died a couple hours later, and I remember the lady at the hospital wanted me to take his property home, his wallet, clothes, and all that stuff. And then they, you know, they were sending his body down and, and getting that all prepared. And I remember his wallet. You know, I had to cancel his credit cards, go through all that mess. And I remember behind one of his cards was a picture of my mother. He kept a picture of my mom from when they got married. For all those years, he kept a picture. Wow. So he always loved her. And then when my mother, you know, in 2010, she got sick with heart disease. And she died in 2013. She died. And I, so, I I don't know. I wish it could have been a happier ending. But hey, they, they you know, they were both, they were my parents. Yeah. And I got, I got an older brother. Not a lot of people know this about me. I got an older brother named Bob who lives in San Bernardino, and he's been on heroin for, God, 20 years, Brandy. Oh, my. And my brother right now is somewhere in San Bernardino doing drugs. He gets disability, so he gets a check. I mean, he just lives a very nomadic lifestyle. Wow. And every, something, you know, that not a lot of people know, I don't advertise this stuff, but every four months, I have to call San Bernardino. I call the cops over there, and I do, like, you know, like a welfare check to see if he's alive and all that. Mm-hmm. I do this every four months just to see if he's kicking. And if anybody wants to ask me why don't I help him, I have tried to help him. For years, I tried. I put him in a rehab in San Diego. Oh, my God. I tried. He just don't want it. Yeah. He's happy. He, he, this is all he knows. This is all he know, All he wants and knows, whatever. Yeah, he's got to want it himself. So, yeah, he does. And my mom he used to stress her out. But, you know, he's, he's, he's. I could literally, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to sound weird or whatever, but I could drive to San Bernardino and I'd go down baseline and I could find him in 10 minutes. It's that weird. Like, he's a creature of habit. I know where he's at. So, <laughs> but, but, but I, but when I, when I don't, I don't go there, I haven't been to San Bernardino in like a year, I do have to call and say, hey, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I saw him the other day. Wow. Oh, man. You have, you no, have no, a story there. That's, yeah, I know. Weird stuff, huh? Well, yeah. I'm just telling you the real. Yeah. Well, I mean, your do your your you know what I mean your your struggles and and what you had to grow up with. It, it sounds and it, it look and, and it actually shows that you um you turned out to be a a, a well rounded and, and very with a good heart. You know what I mean? And you know, because some people you can take any avenue, no matter what kind of lifestyle you come from or family, you know. And it doesn't always mean like great life, good life. You know what I mean? And you seem you have went through so many struggles, and you seem to have overcome, and to still, you know, you didn't become your father, or you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, you no, know that. No, you're right, and that's what we have to do. You know, and and the only alternative is is death, and I don't plan on dying anytime soon. And and um, I had a friend that committed suicide couple months ago and he was 80 years old if you can believe that oh no what, 80 oh, yeah. 80 years old I, I had a friend never his heard name lee, his name was lee paul and oh. i used to put lee on different shows and podcasts and stuff like that and lee uh lee was in like wonder woman and fall guy like he like this dude was in everything we grew up with he was a big guy and he guests he guessed on shows he was on hawaii five old the old school wife ago and um he couldn't get any work, Brandy, and he used to call me up and say, why aren't they hiring me? And, and, and 
Hollywood and stuff is weird when you fall off the grid for 20 years sometimes you get forgotten about and um, he couldn't get a gig and I tried to, 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 to book him on a couple autograph shows but he was a character actor so he was just some dude that would pop up and he sent me an email when I got back from Kansas City the day I got, I got back saying you know it was a suicide letter but it didn't read like a suicide letter an email it was an email and it says you know his legacy will live on I didn't really catch it and I said Leo call you tomorrow and then a friend of ours named Sam said that he jumped off a building over at Warner's oh no so at 80 of all things so I feel bad but I'm but I also feel mostly bad for his wife he'd been married to a woman since 1972 Oh my. So, so suicide's never the answer, is what I'm trying to say. Oh. I mean, no matter how bad things get, you don't, you never want to try to take your life. No, it's not but worth that's, it. That's, and, and that's what he did. And he had some health issues, too, so. Yeah. Hope he's happy wherever he is. Yeah. And it affects, you know, I mean, so many, you know, people, and that's the choice one chooses, you know? It's like... You think you're hurting, you know, you think you're, you're, you know, solving or you just want to get out of it, but you're actually hurting, your, you know, your your wife or your loved ones, you know, you just, I can imagine people that's... Don't, people don't think that, you know, but when they're, when they're that, when they're that, when they're that desperate, they do crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and it's never an answer. My mm -hmm. thing is, is that, look, life can be really difficult, it can be really good, and it can be difficult to go at the same time. Right. The thing is, you, you got to deal with the problem yeah anyway you know and, 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 and usually something my mom taught is that sometimes our worst fears never happen hmm. you know that sometimes the worst the things we fear the most usually never happen it's just us in our heads you know just creating a lot of things <laughs> you know that we you know the other week so a lot of times we create it's all in our own our own heads yeah, we think of scenarios and things that will go bad, but, you know, we, we do... Look, we live in a better world now. I, I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, totally. I really do. Yeah. We live in a world where... I Here's something that no one knows, I'll tell you right here. When I was 23, me and a couple friends of mine got stopped by some cops, and they were hassling us, and one of my friends mouthed off one. And it was this crazy cop, and he actually stuck a gun to my head, my friend said. Stuck a gun to us. Mm -hmm. to our head. Nowadays, it'd be videotaped and all that, you know, on the phone and all that. We didn't have that back then. And this guy, this is the craziest, you know, this is how the world is better now because they can't get, cops can't get away with doing that stuff. I'm not trying to down the cops, but some cops are crazy. And he, so, you know, they were so, like I said, we live in a better world where, I don't know. Yeah, I get you. A lot of different, it's way, like that, inc that incident right there alone. You know what I mean? It It's better because, like you said, we have the phones, the recorders, and, you know what I mean? You can't, it's not hearsay. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh, you made that up. And people are most likely to believe a cop before they believe anybody else. <laughs> you know, that's not a cop. <laughs> And that's important, and I, I know I believe it too. I'm not, I'm not downing police, but I'm just saying yeah. overall, a lot of that I dealt with in my life kind mm -hmm. of messed up. Yeah, and they profile folks, and, and they're kind of I don't know. Yeah, I don't always I don't always feel safe when I see a cop. Let's put it that way. Uh, trust me, I'm right along with you. <laughs>
I'm like, what? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and it's sad that we feel that way. And I think it's even sadder when I have to tell my son, explain to him, like, you know, you have to protect yourself from X, Y, and Z. And, you know, also from law enforcement, you have to know who and what you're dealing with and how to, you know, go about if you ever come across. I've noticed, like, younger cops are always the really early ones, and, like, older cops seem to be a little more chilled and yeah. not so, you know? Yeah. Like I guess they got something to prove, or they're yeah, <laughs> being bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, calm down. <laughs> you, remember, you remember the movie Colors in the 80s, you remember that? Yes, I do, yeah. Sean, Sean Penn, remember that? Uh-huh. I like that dynamic. You had a young cop who's all hothead, and you had the older cop. I think I think that's real real life. I believe it is. You know? Yeah, for sure. Wow. It's pretty awesome. It's just, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had, I've had some weird stuff happen, but we persevere. And, and uh, like I said, I, I've met great people, yourself included. Thank you. And, and it's good now, especially with podcasts, because there's a voice. Yes. That, uh, to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Let's get it people. <laughs> yeah, you, you have, you, well, no, here's the thing. When, 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 I, when I was younger, we had, we had, Radio, which meant we had towers, and so if you were in San Diego going to LA, um, you were driving, you're listening to your favorite station or whatever, you couldn't, you'd lose it. Basically, you have to scan and search around. Now, with like what we're talking on here, podcasts and stuff, you could be in LA or San Diego or China, it don't matter, yeah. mm-hmm. as long as you're online. And so, that's why we have a bigger reach now, and you, you know, you can call people to task. There's a lot more things that can be done now in this world, yeah, most definitely. I can, Still got a long way to go, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And if we're at we're, if we're at where we're at now, just imagine, you know, how much further and, and what the possibilities are, you know. Well, you, we're setting the foundation. I mean, I'm not a parent; you are, but you're setting the foundation for your son to have a better future. Yeah, that's that's the big challenge right there. Yeah, it is. Steve and I talked about our youth and how hard it is and what they're dealing with today. My grandmother, my mom's mom, was a teacher for many years back, way back when. But the cool thing is, is they can tell stuff to you that they can't tell other folks. So that's why you build a trust with them, and you, you know you're, you tell them. You still, you're still an authoritative figure, you know, authoritative act, I can't pronounce it. You're still <laughs> a figure to them, but you're also, um, you know, you, you befriend them and, and they feel comfortable and it, it, it's trusting. Yeah. And because and, and they're probably around people who think, oh, I don't know if I'll, you know, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It really is for them. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And that's why I'm going so hard with also the bullying campaign because it's not just about the bullying. It's about, it's even for the bully themselves because we can't forget about the bully. We just have to show them. I was telling my son's, uh, his school today I had to go to and I told them, I said, I, I told them, I said, well, we have to, I said, us as administrators, we have to be held accountable too. I said, we have, we expect these things from the children. So we respect each other. Don't put your hands on each other. I said, but we also have to show them how to do it. You know what I mean? If we have to do it over, say it over, and show it over a thousand times, and that's what it is, but we can't just expect it and say it, we have to put things in place. We have to put maybe projects together where they have to work together, where they have to sit down and get to know each other. You know what I mean? Because we can't yeah. give them this education and expect them to go out into the world and use it if they don't even know how to, uh, you know, communicate or even act, you know, be. So it's like... Yeah, that's what my friend Ray Baxter does back in New York. And the thing is, is that... Some of the kids are bullied, you know, they're, they're usually they're usually just like 
sometimes it's, I don't know. It's sometimes it's, there's something going on, you know. And they, they, they just don't know how to lash out. Yeah, a lot, a lot of times I found out through statistics that they're being bullied at home or they're amongst other children. You know what I mean? They're like the middle. They're kind of like the runt of the, you know, nobody pays them too much. They kind of like, you know, get pushed off and picked on. And, you know what I mean? So then when they come, you know, to school and stuff, and, they, and that's all they know, really, and that's what, you know, they do. So I always try to remember that this person might also have something going on with them, too. And they're just as important as the one being bullied. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm well aware that uh, the, the bully I dealt with when I was a kid, he either went one of two ways. He probably straightened up in his life or he went, or he went to prison. Who knows? Yeah. Because that's usually what will happen. If you don't try to take care of the problem, usually they end up catching a case and going to prison or jail. Yep, that's you know, that, true. That's, that's, that's for real. And, you know, that we have enough people in jail that, you know, it's just, it's no, it's no, jails are no fun, you know, mm-hmm. you want to you keep people out of there, and, Yeah. but it's tough, like I said, we live in a, we live in a, in a world, especially in the last four years, it's very, almost four years, anyway, we live in a, we live in a, you know, a climate now where people are more divided racially, mm-hmm. always, yep. and, 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 and that's, that's, that's just a mess right now, and, um, you know, I, you and I and other folks can never change the world. It's not going to happen. But we can make really big tents. Mm-hmm. I, like I like that. I like that. We're not going to change the world. I mean, it's, it's impossible. But we can make really, we can make dents. So any kids you deal with, including especially your son, who's going to be your biggest, you know, your biggest supporter and friend and fan. But if, but even the kids you deal with now, Brandy, they're going to, you know... They'll remember you. And don't be surprised. This happened to my grandma. I remember I'd go out with my grandmother, and there'd be some woman like 30 years old walk up, oh, Miss Ainsworth, remember? I mean, that, that's going to happen to you. Yeah. You know, it hasn't already. And that's cool. Because yeah. you may be the only person that that child has, and, and, and it's, it's a big responsibility. But you also have to remember, Brandy, to take care of yourself, too. Yeah, that's very true. Because if you don't, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. Yeah, that's true. I think you're doing that. You look like you got, you look like you got it together. Yeah, well, look, we just see me like I'm playing. <laughs> I do, but I, you're right when you say that because I kind of found myself in this situation this week where I'm like, I, I've been so consumed with, you know what I mean, just, you know, because I'm a hard worker and, and when I dedicate myself to something, then I'm going to do it. But like you said, I have to remember to take care of myself because yeah. if I don't. You know. and, and I'm, I'm the worst at that. You know, I, I've had, I've been dealing. I see. I don't. I, I, I've told you some stuff on this interview. I've never told anybody. It's cool. And I'm honored. You know, Thank I, you so I, much. No, no worries. No, no worries. You know, but uh, I, um, I, it just overcame it. Every time something's thrown in my way, I don't think, oh man, it's the end of the world. I think, okay, how can I overcome this? Yeah. Sometimes you're not gonna get it all the way. But hell, I, I've dealt with skin cancer. I've dealt with, uh, I was almost killed in a car accident two years ago. I mean, I've had my, you know, I don't advertise all this stuff. It's just it happens. Yeah. And um, one thing's for real is that when, when, when it really hits the fan, that's when you realize who your true people are, you know, your friends. Yeah. And after, I remember, yeah, I got in a bad car accident up in Fresno, California two years ago. I got hit by a 10 ton truck, ran a four way, and boom, hit me. Oh, wow. And, I had a couple herniated discs, some cuts, nothing, nothing major. But the, the van I was driving looked like it'd been chewed up and spat out. Mm-hmm. But um, I got calls the next day because my phone 
sometimes flies off the hook and, and uh, you know, get blown up. And a couple of folks called me up and they're like, oh man, I heard what happened, you all right? Yeah, oh man, it's good to hear. Listen, I need, I have a book coming out next month. Can you put me on shows? I mean, I would literally get stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I had one friend call me up and he's an older actor. He's a former child actor and he's in his 50s now. And, and he called me up, he said, Steve, you all right? And I said, yeah, and I'm like, do, do you want it? He's like, no, I don't want to do anything. I just want to check and see how you're doing. He, 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 he really, so that's the type, you, you know who your real people are when it gets really, really real and really bad. Yeah. And that's, that's what I thought was cool. So I've been blessed to meet, to meet a lot of great people. I've dealt with some knuckleheads, but I've, I've been blessed to meet, you know, really great people like yourself, Randy. Thank you. you know? So I'm really excited to be, collaborating with you on these projects and I think yes me too your uh, your show's gonna even get better than it is you'll have more interesting guests than me believe me, so. <laughs> well I appreciate you and I and I thank you so much and and no you know what tickles me is that you know because you know I, I I just think it's such a, a blessing how you know I ended up meeting you and then you're you're already just like you know introducing me to your you know really you know people like you don't have to and then I sat back one day and I was thinking I was like well gosh I was like he's you know you know letting me in and giving me people to to, to interview and stuff I said I wonder if I should ask him I'm like so I was like I just I felt no, like I, I wanted to be considerate okay let me tell you something I have I easily 4,000 interviews in the last two years, easily. And this is maybe the, this is the third interview I've ever done in my whole life. Wow. No, I'm serious. Man, and, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, I saw you and, and, and Williams, Anthony, you know, you guys, yeah, he's, he's cool. Yeah, I really like so, him. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he, uh, I went to Kansas City, like I said, a couple months ago and, and, and stayed at a friend of mine's house and Anthony lived like 10 miles from there. And Anthony and I hit up a Rolls game, and of course he had to throw me on, under the bus, be like, "Oh, he's from San, he's from California." <laughs> and but uh, Anthony's he's cool people. Yeah, he's, he's really easy to talk but, to. He made when I did both shows, it was like it was just like it was really smooth, and because I was nervous at first because we were doing video, <laughs> and I don't ever do video, so I was just like, "Oh my goodness." So he made it easy, and um, yeah, most definitely, I'm so blessed to meet both of you guys. Well, I say that went well. What do you guys think? Steve has a story there, doesn't he? And it's pretty funny. Steve, you're a pretty funny guy, too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing some of your most intimate moments in your life and your inspiration. And I will always hold this show so dear to me, especially since you don't do very many, and I got to be one of them. So thank you so much. And once again, a voice to be reckoned with is a home for you.